Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Hello, and welcome to Private Practice Success Stories. This is our first Mindset Monday edition of the podcast. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about something that might be holding you back in private practice. Stay tuned. My name is Jenna Castro-Casbon. I am part of a group of private practitioners who have taken client care into our own hands. We are skilled clinicians who pride ourselves on providing high quality care to our clients and their families. We are fighting against productivity requirements, administrative red tape, and unnecessary restrictions. We started our own private practices to take control of our professional and personal lives, of our schedules, of our incomes, of our future. We work hard for our clients, but on our terms. We believe in helping others, but also helping ourselves. We are not interested in competing with each other because we hope we'll all make it. We are successful private practitioners, and these are our stories. Hello, and welcome to the second mini episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. This is Jenna Kester-Casbon, and I want to talk to you guys today about this idea of the perfect private practice and about perfectionism and about everything being perfect. So, um kind of stereotypically, I guess, I feel like the field of speech language pathology tends to attract a little bit more type A perfectionist-y kind of people. And those people are really important. They serve a really important role in our world uh, about making sure um, things happen and making sure that things are, you know, I's are dotted and T's are crossed. And that's really, really important. And I actually tend to be more of a type B SLP, which um, at times feels a little lonely in a weird way because it just feels like there's a little bit less of us. And um, so I don't really struggle with this idea of perfectionism. And sometimes I really could stand to be more of a perfectionist. Um, But, you know, it's just, it's not kind of in my nature as a person. And what I've learned about, um, about type A people and type B people and something that's really uh, interesting to me, I heard a quote one time, which was that um, perfectionism is really just procrastination. And I had to think about that a little bit. Perfectionism is a type of procrastination. And, you know, I don't know that 
being a type B person and procrastination go hand in hand. They, they feel that way for me. But I think that we all can kind of procrastinate from time to time, whether it's based on perfectionism or just based on trying to, you know, have a, having a harder time getting your priorities, you know, lined up and prioritizing. But I think that one of the things that stops people from either starting a private practice or growing a private practice is the idea that everything has to be perfect and that you have to get all of your ducks in a row first before you get started. And that, you know, if you make a mistake, it would be literally the end of the world. That that mistakes mean failure. And um, we to make a mistake would be somehow catastrophic and um, would ruin you. And that's just not true. I mean, unless you do something really terrible, you know, that would be against the code of ethics and would harm somebody or something, then yeah, that's bad. Don't do that. But if we're talking about the kind of mistakes, like picking a name for your private practice, that's something that people get really, really stuck on or deciding, you know, what their rate is going to be or which insurance company to go to or which office space or can you afford office space? All these kind of things are places where people get stuck in perfectionism. And I just want to remind you, everyone listening, that there's no such thing as a perfect private practice, only one that's perfect for you. You got into private practice because something wasn't right about your previous job. Very few people have their first job in private practice, right? But there was something that drew you to private practice, something that you didn't like about being in a school or hospital EI or even someone else's private practice, right? So there's something that you are trying to avoid in your career by starting your own practice. And what you don't want to have happen is to start a private practice and realize and, and well, and set yourself up in a way that's going to make it, you fall into some of the same traps that you were in, in your regular job. You have an opportunity in private practice to set things up from the beginning in a way that's perfect for you. Perfect for you. There's a great book called uh, The E-Myth and it's by, I think it's Michael Gerber. His last name's Gerber. It's either Joseph or Michael. I think it's Michael Gerber. Anyway, in the book, it talks about someone who one who uh, was a baker. Well, not like by trade. She had a regular job and she always really loved to bake cakes and cookies and muffins and whatever. And one day she decided to start her own bakery. And when she did it, you know, on the side and maybe she was starting to get some income from it, it was really fun. And as she started, she quit her job and she started this bakery out of her house or whatever. And she ended up spending so much time doing all of the things. And then she had tons of orders and she um, basically got really, really overwhelmed and started to hate baking. 
and being a baker, the, the thing that she longed for, the thing that she wanted to do more than anything, it turned out to be really hard for her to actually do because she didn't have the systems and boundaries and expectations set up from the beginning to help make her successful. So that's what I encourage everybody listening to do is to think about how to set up a private practice that's perfect for you. Maybe that means that you don't work on Fridays because you can, you have the power to make that decision. Maybe you only treat your favorite population. You know, in a regular job, you don't have that power to say, I only want to do fluency, right? You might end up with fluency and some language kids and some kids with ASD, but in private practice, you can make those decisions. Maybe you don't want to treat um, anyone before 10 a.m. Maybe you're not a morning person or, you know, you can decide, you know, whether or not you're allowed to wear open-toed shoes in your pants. It seems like a silly example, but you can make that decision. You can decide if you're private pay or if you're going to be insurance. You can decide what kind of clinical documentation system you want. If you don't want to do paper-based documentation anymore, then sign up for one of the electronic medical record companies that will make things faster. So it's up to you to really think about and hone in on what is a perfect private practice for you. And then, you you know, the only way that you're going to be happy as a private practitioner is to, again, stick to your boundaries and expectations and create systems that will allow you to have that private practice that's perfect for you. Okay, till next time. Now that you've listened to the episode, I want to invite you to a free training. Do you have a business background? Most SLPs who go into private practice don't. You went to grad school, not business school. But here you are trying to start or grow a private practice. The good news is Business skills can be learned, and I want to help you make solid decisions on how to start and grow your private practice so you can serve your community and build a legacy while doing therapy on your own terms and your own time, and yes, make more money. I want to invite you to my free training specifically to help SLPs get the background information you need to know in order to be successful. There are two tracks, the start track and the grow track, because the needs of beginners and growth level private practitioners are very different. The trainings are short but thorough and can be consumed and put into action quickly. I want to teach you how to think, act, and behave like the private practitioner you are meant to be so that you can step into the vision you have for your private practice and your life. And the best part, these trainings are completely free. To register right now, simply visit independentclinician.com. Click start or grow and we can get started right now. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. 
Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.